You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome into Urban Meyer's Pint House. This is a special edition of Weekend Kickoff. It's a playoff kickoff, and it's brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. This, this is it. This is what Ohio State fought so much for all year to try and get back uh, into playoff contention to play Clemson again. That'll be Friday night in the Sugar Bowl. It's, it's a big one, Bob, when, when all the stuff was going on to just get this season played. This seemed like a little bit of a, of a fairy tale and a dream way down the road, but we're here now. Yeah, it seemed like a pipe dream when you looked at this and potentially what could be going on, you know, back in August versus now. I don't think anybody anticipated that, you know, we would have potentially made it to this point with the, you know, with all the shifting and the moving that's going on to my left and the shifting of the schedules <laughs> and the fact that the Big Ten thought they'd be able to play, you know, eight straight weeks uninterrupted and, you know, you have to play six games to be eligible for the championship and all the 21-day pro all of these things, like working against Ohio State, I don't think anybody thought that the Big Ten would be able to complete a season, much less maybe even start the season. But they got Ohio State in the college football playoffs. They had to actually make some common sense adjustments along the way. And, and thankfully this week they even adjusted things a little more with the protocol to make sure that Ohio State will have a full staff. So it's awesome to see these guys be put in this situation. I worry a little bit. You know, I hear Dabo Sweeney guys complaining about them only having to play six games. I think when you have y you're young at certain positions – you need more reps. You need yeah. more game reps for those guys, especially maybe in the secondary. But, but they're there, and, and hey, you get you get to swing your sword. So swing as hard as you can. All right, they get to play. We get to talk about it, and we're going yeah, to. Yeah, why don't we talk? Hey, Dabo, why don't we talk about the one loss, brother? I mean, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I get it. COVID and, and your quarterback's out, but you know what? COVID, and they only played six games. So He's, He strangely doesn't want to talk about that. That's Jeff Hireman, by the way, the first time that <laughs> we've had uh, the national champion and former NFL tight end in the house. Appreciate him. He's got Cardell Jones over there, Tyvis Powell, B.B. Landers, and, of course, Bobby Carpenter as we talk about this. All right, so. I got this question a lot. We're just going to start right there with what Jeff's talking about. Mm. Right now, there are legitimate questions from fans. Do you hate Clemson more than Michigan? No. I mean, no. No. come on. Yeah, no. I know what you're <laughs> going to say, Cardell. No, you don't have But there is a question about, you know, is, is this viewed as a rivalry? How much hatred is there really? Because, you know, this has become a series where this is one of the few teams the Buckeyes haven't beaten. I think it, I think it's definitely a lot of hatred there, but nowhere near close to the intensity as a rivalry as the team up north. Um, just because they slipped away the last couple of years we played them, I think about going back to my race for freshman year in the Orange Bowl when Sammy Watkins and uh, Hopkins just torched us. Yeah. Whoa, and then whoa. the 31-0 loss. <laughs> whoa. Torched us. Whoa. Y'all, <laughs> we, lost. we, we, two, we, lost. we ain't going to do this. We ain't going to do this today. We ain't going to do this today. Hey, no, no, no. We're not going to do that. Anyway. We're not going to do that. One value was honesty, right? Uh, they, they we won, though. That's all that matter. We got a dub, right? No. no. We didn't. <laughs> Our year? No. no. Orange Ball. Clemson. We, 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 we was yeah, winning yeah. I'm and some, some other stuff happened in the, the game. Ball, you know. Anyways, back to my point. I'm sorry. Anyways, back to my point. Then they kind of put the on us, the 31-0 loss, and then the way they got the way they beat us last year. I think it becomes a rivalry for us. End of the year, you look up for that matchup just because of the last couple of times 
times we matched up against them and, they, and things haven't gone our way. Yeah. But to compare it to the team up North rivalry is, is nowhere near. Yeah, I didn't expect that any of you guys would actually agree to that, but they wanted me to ask because the bad blood is definitely flowing. And that's, you know, you guys have all been part of these big games and on big stages and, and Clemson now is, is there every single year. That's the kind of program that Ohio State has to get past. Yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's good on good. You know, it's the, the team that we expect to play to get to the championship, and we've been fortunate to match up against them a couple of times. And, you know, hopefully this year we, you know, cross the hump. You know, it's always been some it's been some stuff that goes on in those games that make it not fair for us. Like, you know, it's always like something that happens for on Ohio State side that make us lose type thing. Right. So hopefully, you know, this year it was the refs, you know, so hopefully they got to play <laughs> a good game where the refs ain't even – can't even mess up nothing. You know, right. they just got to play a good, clean game. For me, I think the biggest thing is going to be this. When it really comes down to it, no, this week will never be like another week. But at the same time, it's not like the rivalry. The rivalry is something special. It's historical. It's You can't get Ohio State versus Team Up North anywhere else. I don't give it. I don't care where you go, who the rival school is. You just don't get that. You know what I mean? But it's not another week. This is a week that it's going to be personal. It's because we have – tried to get over that hump for so long, whether, you know, other elements have played a factor or not, we just have not been able to go over that hump. And it's going to come down to this. At the end of the day, when it, this game is going to be, as far as talent-wise, it's going to be even all the way across the board. Coach Mickey's depreciates all the time. I'm pretty sure Hire and Dale can attest to this. At the end of the day, the most prepared team that executes the game plan the best comes game day will win the game. It's not like... Ohio State playing a Rutgers or Ohio State playing X, Y, and Z. You're playing a team to where across the board you can always match up. How you execute and the execution comes from practice will determine the outcome of the game. And, yeah. and finishing because that's been yeah, right. the last couple of times that's that fast. we was that's in. It's, it's finishing. That fourth quarter. Yeah, that, finishing. We got to finish. half, third to fourth quarter is a little bit, been a little bit yeah, real. Get, I ain't you have to find a way to finish. But you know, I think going back, you know, Austin, when people look at this, you know, talk about rivalries are better than Michigan. It's obviously not, but there is, you know, going back, you know, this is the game that Woody gets fired in. The last three times, you know, what is it, 13, 16, 19, you know, they get the best of Ohio State. And so a little bit, I look at this as kind of coming out of the 2000s, and it was kind of the rivalry with the entire SEC. You know, until, you know, the 2010, you're finally, you're, you're finally able to knock off Arkansas, and then you know, these guys go and, you know, and, consolidate that by beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, all of a sudden that, okay, well, now you've beaten the SEC twice in big-time games and big-time moments, and you've gotten it done. And so then that's kind of wiped away. And until that happens, you know, people, Davos Sweeney can really say whatever he wants. Like, and your only retort is, okay, well, you know, we don't like you because you're, you're – I mean, you could say, pick, your, pick your adjective about him, but he still has all the room to talk because he's gotten the best of Urban. He's you know, he gotten the best of Ryan last year, even if it's a slim margin. You know, it still goes up as a W in the, in the win-loss column. What I think is just so bizarre about the way Dabo is continuing to run his mouth ahead of this game is that 99.9% .9 of coaches are, are careful not to put anything on the bulletin board. Like, I can only imagine if this situation was, you know, Jeff Hireman was in that locker room and Dabo votes <clears throat> Ohio State 11, how well that would go over for you. That's the part that I find... I think there's a lot of, there, you know, there's strategy that goes into it, um, you know, with, with these head coaches. And, and, you know, there's kind of two sides of the fences. You can kind of, you know, take the underdog strategy. Like when we played Alabama in, in 2014, you know, uh, we had three weeks of bowl practice. And, and Coach Myers started out 
you know, from the time they announced that we were playing Alabama, you know, he talked up Alabama like they were God's gift of football, which at the time they kind of were. You know, they, they had won two or three national championships in the last, you know, five years or whatever. And he kind of started out, um, you know, the first week of bowl practice. He's really, you know, it, you know, getting on us, motivating us with, you know, the fear, you know, and, and getting us to work, you know, with the fear of getting embarrassed by Alabama. And then, you know, week two comes around and he kind of starts to talk us up a little bit and start to, you know, build us uh, in a little bit more co- confidence with us. And then week three comes away around and, you know, he's really, uh, you know, making us believe and we're really starting to feel like we can win this game, you know, and that's one side of it. And then the other side of it, you know, Dabo, he's taking the approach that we're better than this team. You know what I'm saying? They haven't shown that, they, you know, they haven't won 10 games. They haven't, you know, they haven't done a whole lot. They, you know, they've beaten a few big 10 teams. Um, you know, they have some games canceled. And, and I think, you know, there's two sides of the fence as far as getting your team prepared to play in a game like this. And I think Dabo has taken the... The side is, you know, we're better than them. Um, and, and if we go out and just execute, uh, you know, we're going to win this game. And, and Urban, quite honestly, he took that approach when we played Oregon. Um, you know, when we, when, we started, when we went to go prepare for Alabama, you know, he took the approach of you guys better get your, you know, your stuff together or you're going to get embarrassed out here. But when we went to, you know, play Oregon, it was a different approach. He said, look, you guys are better than this team. And, you know, he told us that from the first day, you know, that we beat Alabama and we started to prepare, pre- prepare for or- Oregon. Uh, you know, he said, you guys are better than this team, and, you know, you're going to, if you go out and just execute, you're going to win this game. And I think that's kind of the approach that Dabo's taken. Um, and like I said, it's two sides to the fence, and, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out, obviously. I, I do think, and that someone proposed to me this theory, and I think that there is a little bit of this, where if you're, in, if you're part of Clemson, like you see Ohio State, and you know that they've been really good, and yeah, they won a national championship, but they haven't beaten, they haven't beaten you guys. Yeah, like 13, exactly. 16, 19. And exactly. so I think a little bit of him saying that maybe was to stir the pot up and to get the attention yeah. of his team because it's just like, you know, you play a team up north. You may have beaten them 10 times in a row, but yeah. there's some time. You got to commit this. They're, they're still good. You like, want your team, when the, when, when, the, when the foot hits the ball, you know, Urban always uses that. Now. When the foot hits the ball, you want your team to believe you're going to win that game. And instead of, you know, telling your guys they're the underdogs going in the game and then building them up and giving them the confidence before kickoff, he's giving them the confidence from the start, yeah. you know, and he, and, and it's also the, the difference too is, um, you know, the, normally you have what three or f- three or four weeks to prepare for this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you have two weeks, you know, and maybe you don't have the time to, you know, play the other side of it, you know, and then build your team back up. So he's just building this team up from the start saying, look, these guys haven't ever, you know, beaten you. Um, and, and yeah, so it's uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna kind of take over the role of Schlage since he's not here. <laughs> Nobody can really take Schlage's role. That's, that's, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not right. that nuts. I'm yeah. not that nuts. But this is a Schlage borderline statement. At the end of the day, Davo is intimidated by Ohio State because we are one of the teams that could actually potentially kick their ass. So you could look at us like. A Freddy Krueger. Wait, wait, we can, say, we can say Elm ass. Street. You can say ass. Okay, yeah. we can say ass. Okay. Nah, I'm saying it. It's, it's <laughs> over with. It's already been said. I almost said shit earlier, but, you know, like, <laughs> let I wasn't, it, I wasn't hey, sure, so, okay. Let it flow. <laughs> All right. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, like a, it's like a nightmare on Elm Street. In the past, yes, they kind of got the best of Freddy Krueger. But you want to know something? Eventually, we might actually kick their asses, you know, this upcoming week. So, it's one of those things where when you're an intimidation factor to certain people who don't know how to handle not only just that fear factor, but the media on top of it, you might say some 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 bogus. Yeah. 
out of your behind. That's mean, what, he, got the, he got the right to say what day, he want to say. Right, that's yeah. a, you, he does. He, he does. Really but at the same right. time, too, like, let's keep it on that, Thomas. Going into a week, if you really are not worried about a team beating you, what you going to say? Well, you know, it's a lot of – there's different coaching strategy. A lot of – Lou Holtz used to say, I don't know how we're going to stay I'm not this asking day. Lou Holtz. I'm, I'm, talk, just, I'm asking Tyler well, this, well, that's oh, – well, what I'm going to do? Yeah, talk to Oh, me. I'm talking crazy. Yeah, it's because you're crazy. I got my boys. Like, <laughs> like, I know what we're going to do. But you know what it's going to be, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go out there and smoke. But it's the thing, like, though. He's not talking about his team. He's talking about where we should be. Well, his focus, I mean? good. So his focus in the wrong place. factor. And he's going – you have to do that to, in order to encourage your boys. Does he believe it? Probably not. You know damn well going on this Saturday, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Well, he doesn't know if he's going to win or lose. But my personal opinion, we're going to win, but I'm going to keep that to That's what I find most bit. bizarre about it, though, B.B., is that he knew that they were most likely going to play Ohio State, and he still voted them 11th in his poll, and he knew it was going to be public. Yeah, Coach Meyer, he has his degree. It was a social psych. 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 Everything is mental. So... If you have, I don't think Dabo has a psychology. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't have to. But at the same time, too, if I'm going into a game, if I can do something or say something that'll, that'll, that'll piss you off or take you out of your game, I'm going to do it. Maybe he do. Now, you're going to shoot whatever shot that you can shoot. But maybe he doing it because he like, you know what? I want these guys. Don't lie to, don't, you can't lie to me, so don't lie to yourself. I ain't, no, I'm just saying. Maybe he, he doing Talk this to, to say, you know, I want them to prepare. I want this to be their best shot. No. So okay. if they, so if they, if if Clemson beat us, they'll be like, "Look, we beat y'all, and y'all exactly. swung as hard as y'all could." Type thing. I'm just saying. Listen, you never know. Between you and your medium-sized helmet, that's BS. <laughs> I love you though. Not gonna happen. All of it is it's a mental element for him to prepare his team, which I will respect, even though his statement was BS. I will respect. My dog. You got to do what you got to do to get your boys ready. Right. Period. That's what he's doing. All right. I have a question for the Sugar Bowl table over here. So you guys. <laughs> Made that, that history a couple years ago, and Ohio State's returning there to try and do it. When you talk about that week of preparation and everything that went into it, you know, what is it like to be in that moment, to, to be in the first playoff, to be in that site, everything that goes with this game? What do you most remember about that week? Obviously, the game itself uh, was unforgettable, but how do you prepare for a game like this? Looking back on that whole run of that 2014 season, getting ready for the first college football playoff, it, it was long, man. Like uh, Jeff said before, I think we was preparing two and a half weeks for you know Alabama and um, the coaches. I think it was longer than that because we, I mean, we played uh, oh, Buckeye ball. We played November what 24th <laughs> yeah, against oh, Michigan, yeah, and sure. then we didn't play again until end of December. I mean, it was week. we're looking at probably a month. Yeah, yeah felt like it, but um, I think I pass off to our coaches to to kind of prepare us for. To mentally and physically prepare us for a game that was so far away, we almost treated it like camp. No, that's what we did. We treated it, we treated like. it like camp. And, you know, we couldn't do too much good on good. But I remember in the first week or so, we really went out there and then we tapered it off to, you know, yeah. to try to get your guys back there. But the conditioning aspect of, like we said, we played Buckeye ball. It was still a lot of running around, but not just physically as a football game and then practice. But um, it, it was just a long process that you kind of look back and you definitely enjoyed because we did grow together as a team. And, I mean, you guys can attest to this, but getting ready for that and being in a situation when we was down 6 to 21 at halftime, I knew that my guys had – we had each other backs. 
And I think it definitely come from that bowl That's preparation. Great. I, I didn't even know we were down six to twenty one. Yeah, we because like, we, we, had, we, we had, down. <laughs> you were down six to twenty one at halftime. I think it was twenty one twenty. You got the TD. Evan, well, oh really? It was twenty one. Whatever it was, I didn't know we were down. It was twenty one to six, but then it was the the Evan Spencer to Mike Tom. Was that right before half? Right before half. You were too busy running over dudes. I'm glad that you guys that were in it like don't have all something like that. Yeah, you know what? I remember is getting down inside the 10-yard line getting two field goals. That's exactly. All I know is stalling. Yeah, that's all I know is stalling two times in the red zone and, and having almost 400 yards offense in the first half but still down. You know yeah. what I remember? I remember partying after that game. After, <laughs> after we won, Bobby. All right. I don't remember if we hit the field goal in the red zone. I don't remember if we ran it in in the red zone. But I remember partying after we won that game. Did so you that's go to, all that matters. Did you go to lipstick? That's all that matters. Huh? You with the lipstick? Goldmine. He don't know. <laughs> Gold I, don't, I don't know, bro. Hey, Herb, just say you don't know. Don't worry about it. I don't know. I know there was a lot of – You can't get in trouble. There was a lot of running around in that post-game locker room about a certain club that everyone was supposed to go meet at. I don't remember. Lipstick. Tyvis, that sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> now, what about this – so this week in particular, like, I remember there was a, spot, a time early in the week where you guys were allowed to go out and you, have, you ran into a couple media members on Bourbon Street. This team won't be able to do that. They're not leaving until Thursday – is that an advantage that you don't I think have? It's a, I think it's an advantage, you know, for Ohio State. Because when you start looking at Coach Mick and, you know, the way that that program is structured and how they get guys ready to play in these games, their, their schedule and their routine is second to none, you know. And not having all those outside distractions and things like that, I think it just benefits Ohio State, um, you know, because if they just stick to their routine and their schedule, it's better than any, any, anyone else in college football. Right. And, you know, it's been proven year in and year out. And so I think that with them taking away all the outside noise, um, I think it, it really does benefit them. And, you know, as far as them staying on their schedule and just focusing on this game, and you know Coach Mick and them, they're going to have, you know, they'll keep those guys engaged. They'll keep those guys, you know, just ready to get out there and play when, you know, I keep saying it, but when the foot hits the ball, um, you know, I think it's going to benefit Ohio State that none of the outside noise was there. And, and uh, uh piggyback off of that you know anytime that you can spend extra time with your teammates and getting to know them like yeah that's like the thing about ohio state like you you get to meet and kick it with players and like y'all become so tight yeah. that when you get on the field it's like i'm not playing for me i'm playing for jeff i'm playing right. for cardell and it seems like when you play that way you tend to go harder when it's yeah. not about yourself so with them not being able to go out and have all those outside distractions i mean yeah COVID is going around so that's a good thing anyways but i think that it allows them to play for each other more because they get to know each other and they become tighter and at this point of the season you got to be a real close tight group and think about how much time that this team has spent together this year you know what i'm saying uh just more so than any other year you know you have COVID, and they can't they can't leave each other you know i mean it's it's against the rules oh, i mean they right. have to stay together you know like we chose to stay together like you That's know but they, they can't leave and so i think that yeah, the way that they run that program and and the brotherhood of trust and all of that stuff that they preach you know with covid and keeping them tighter and together i think is going to benefit them in uh in the long run yeah it's been I a mean, crazy Jeff year took no doubt. Point. yeah Golly. Well, he took it. You don't have to say it then, baby. We'll just remember. I that. know. I'm gonna keep it. We'll come back. Hey, you can, I mean, talk no, up no, a little no, bit. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, I just I gave you all the hype that you needed. You took it. We Break need to my give thing of life. We, we yeah, need to give the hype to uh, Brian Heating and Cooling Dealers. Let's give some hype to Bobby though, honestly, for watching all four kids while his wife was recovering from COVID. 
It's, I mean, that, covering's a loose word. Quarantining uh, <laughs> in the bedroom. I mean, that's a that's a real job. Hey, daddy duty different. Man. I, I mean, got two. You I, I, ain't never lied. I got four one kids. Killing me. I believe that's called whatever it takes, right, Bob? Whatever it takes at all costs. At all costs. At all costs. Your central Ohio Ryan. My daughter to the eating gym cooling gears will also do whatever it takes to make sure your home keeps you warm and comfortable Start this winter. Early. And if you're worried about the air quality in your home, be sure to talk with a Bryant professional show. about the. Uh, Evolution Air Purifier. Bryant's Air Purifier uses capture and kill technology, which will make your home a healthier home. Find your local Bryant professional at Bryant.com. Bryant is doing whatever it takes. We're going to take a break right now. That's what we need to take. And we're going to be right back with a lot more uh, weekend kickoff brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. It takes attention to detail. With your local Bryant dealer, you're getting more than just a technician. You're getting someone who pays attention to your needs and the little things that make a big difference. It takes a dealer you can rely on. And to keep your family warm this winter? Here, let me show you how this works. It takes Bryant. Bryant. Whatever it takes. All right, welcome back to Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Whatever it takes, we're going to dive right into it. We do this segment every single week. Now it's more important than ever. Who are the guys that have to shine on Friday night against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl? Cardell, you get to go first. You don't Thank get to God. play the Schlegs role. Oh, my God. Don't take all 22 guys, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. I clearly would love to see a, a better performance than last time we saw the Buckeyes, but I'm going to go with my guy who I've been who I've been tooting his horn this whole season, and uh, now it's time to get on him a little bit, and Justin Fields. Um, he got to play better. I know in the Big Ten Championship game, he was down one of his main threats, but um, that just speaks to you as a player, as a leader, to still rally the guys, and I wasn't um, as impressed as usual with his performance of that game, and I don't want to hear no excuses about no thumb. I don't want to hear nothing about I didn't have this. I want to see you go out there and play and lead those guys. So Justin Fields is my player that I expect to have a big game and needs to have a big game for the Buckeyes to have a chance. Yeah, wh- what is it, Cardale? Is it just that he didn't have his number one target? How big of a deal is that? Because the thumb didn't happen until late. I don't yeah, yeah, but you, I'm tired of hearing the little rumbles about it when they have any media days sure. and they're practicing and all that stuff. This is the college football playoff. You go play or not. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's banged up. Imagine how them guys feel. They play 10, 12 games, six, seven more games than you play. So everybody's dealing with injuries, so I don't want to hear that. But um, it, it got to be tough losing one of your top-tier guys. I, I, I kind of compared that situation to uh, the Steelers. And after they lost A.B., then um, yep. you haven't heard as much from uh, Smith Schuster Smith Schuster, because he demands so much attention now. As it shows if you really can be a number one guy. And that's what I felt like with Wilson. You know, now he had a chance to show that he was a number one guy. You can tell Justin was trying to force the ball to him a little. But he didn't look like himself as usual either because he didn't have that, you know, he didn't have that other guy compliment him taking a lot of the pressure off of him as you would have saw with A.B. and Juju. And usually we see him with Olave and Wilson. So I'm definitely putting on Justin to step up and um, come out and have a big game because uh, everybody had to play their best to win this game. Jeff, you don't have to take tight ends, so you don't have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just t- telling what's, you the rules. What's you know? the punter's name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm it's kidding. probably going to be the walk-on again, just for the record. Like, Drew Chrisman missed the Big Ten Championship you know, game. Uh, I think one of the things that people don't understand is there's a game in the game um, coordinators versus coordinators, and I think that's one of the things that you sometimes gets overlooked. For sure. Um, and I think that, honestly, you know, Kevin Wilson and, um, you know, Ryan Day 
Kerry Combs. I, I honestly, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with you're, you're, they're going to have to affect Trevor Lawrence in some way, and and I think that it's it's really going to come down. Um, you know, there's two games going on. There's the, the game versus the coordinators, and then there's the game versus the players. And I think that the coordinators they're they're going to have to do something to affect Trevor Lawrence because if they go out there and try to play some, you know, base defenses that they've been playing and, and that the Clemson has seen on film, it, it's going to be a long night because you're going against one of the top talents at quarterback that's come out, uh, uh, you know, of college football and a long, you know, one of the top guys that come out in a long time. And so I think that, you know, I kind of put it on those guys. And I, I think that the execution from the coordinators and, and the offense and defense, it, it has to match up. You know what I'm saying? The coordinator's got, not going to call the perfect play, uh, you know, every single time. Um, but and when he calls a play that necessarily isn't the best play against that defense, then, you know, the Justin Fields and, and the offense, they're going to have to pick up some of that slack, you know. And it's wh- whoever wins more of the matchups um, throughout, the, throughout the night with the coordinators and, you know, the players is, is going to ultimately win the game, obviously. But I think you, the, the coordinators, they've got to do something to mess with Trevor Lawrence. If you go out there and think you're going to win by, you know, you know just playing your, your base stuff that they've studied and, and he's seen, it, it, you know, I just I don't think that's the strategy. Um, I'm obviously not the head coach, uh, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, but my two cents on it, that's my two cents on it. All right, you know that Kerry Combs will be fired up, Tyvis, right? I mean, this... Oh, yeah. <laughs> As, when is he not? Listen, is, is Marcus Hooker playing this game? We'll find, we'll find out on, uh, on Friday. All right, well, my, obviously, I'm picking the safeties. Okay, yeah, you're allowed to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'm picking the safeties. Listen, the safe, it's all about the disguise. We got to find a way... You know, we can't go out there and just give our give the look away. We got to make Trevor Lawrence hold the ball and trust that your guys is going to get there. And it starts with the safeties, you know. You got to disguise coverage. Make him spend that extra time trying to figure out what's going on. That buy your defensive line time to get there. And we need we need some turnovers, man. We, we got not turnovers. We call them takeaways. Take, we need take some takeaways in take the secondary because this is, this is ridiculous. And we got to find a way to slow him down. And make plays on the ball when he throws it. If the ball goes up, it has to be our ball. That's, that's, that has to be the mentality. And if Marcus Hooker is playing, and it just so happened to come down to eight seconds, and the Buckeyes are up by seven points, <laughs> and Marcus Hooker so having to catch the pick at the end, you run where the camera at? You run it out. <laughs> you run it out, and you score. You do what I didn't do. You score. And make your teammates <laughs> nervous the whole way down. You know, selfish, I, selfish part. I, I tried to get. You'll be a legend forever. Just run it out <laughs> and score. Run to run towards your sideline because they're gonna be rushing the field. They're gonna call it back anyways. But you know, it's everybody okay. remember you in the end zone. We're gonna need it. It's good. Don't worry about it. I'm I thought, sure. yeah, Urban Meyer was probably having you know a panic attack. Shout out to Urban. Coach Ash told me I almost got him fired. <laughs> So we don't know. We'll have to wait on that one because that was a big deal before the Big Ten title game, Tyvis, that Marcus Hooker, is game-time decision, he's scratched. Ronnie Hickman, yeah, he yeah. gets scratched. Bryson Shaw, that's three safeties out. Exactly. Yeah. And Josh Proctor, <laughs> you know, I don't know. What did you think about him Josh, in that game? Because he had no, a, he was – he was – Let me tell you this. I was about to say, he was coming down. Oh, he'll come in this year. <laughs> he was coming down. The problem is, big <laughs> DB boy. was coming down. I ain't mad at Bill, Bill Parcells had a saying about guys like that, though. They're like, they're like dogs chasing cars. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Josh yeah. probably will come down and hit you now. <laughs> he also he also might straight up whiff. Yeah, you know? for sure, I mean, for sure. I, 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 but he, if he own, he own yeah, though. Yeah. You know? It's like uh, this: he's coming as a full bullet, full spread, and then last minute he closing his eyes and about to lay you out, or or he gonna miss you. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right, BB, right, yeah. who we got? With this, I'm gonna be biased. I'm gonna always go with the D line. There we go. Because 
This is how I look at it. To kind of counteract Tyrus a little bit, let's, like, let's be real. It's a good thing we have five If the ball is not coming out let's in do it. 0.5 seconds, Come on, that man. is a problem for you. You're absolutely right. If a quarterback is sitting in the pocket, great point. We, got uh, got, we can't we get cover a, forever. We get a scramble. BB, we can't cover forever, right, that's baby. That's the issue. So, for me, within this, within this situation, I'm, I'm going to put all the pressure on the D-line. More so, the defensive ends. Defensive ends, in my personal opinion, need to step up. Interior-wise, Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togia, they have been playing exceptional week in and week out. But guess what? Exceptional is not – this is not an exceptional type of game. You need to get to the point to where now you really separate yourself. Are you a top dog in all of college football or just the Big Ten? For our DNs, you need to separate yourself. Are you that top dog in the Big Ten? Because we have had some issues – let me say this, inconsistencies mm-hmm. on a week-to-week basis off of the edge. Everybody will always talk about, in the Big Ten, you got to stop the run, right? Your front seven stops the run, right? Yeah. Your front four keeps the, the old line off of the linebacker's asses to have an efficient front seven. Okay. Your front four has to perform play after play after play. Four, not two, not three, not one. Four. So, my for me, I'm going to put the pressure on defensive line. I will always do that. I'm D-line minded, but it will always start up up front. If the quarterback got to throw the ball in the tunnel, DB's job is easy. You know what? If the quarterback can't throw it at all, it's even easy. <laughs> Linebacker's job is yeah. easy. If I'm getting a tackle for loss on first and second down, linebackers don't got to do that much. Right. You call strengths. You get to your man, lock up, or you jump on a pile and, and, and add that extra, <clears throat> what Coach Fickle like to call, tattoo to the ball carrier. That's it. You dominate the front all the way across the board. So, for me, the defensive line is on my, uh, what you want to On call? your radar. On your radar. No, I ain't even going to call it yeah, radar. Uh, That's too lenient. They got to show the hell up and show the hell out. Oh, okay. They on call. They on call. Maybe says the rush. They on call. Yep, like the Gross. ER. We yeah. good. They Bottom on call line. like the ER. I like that. Bottom line is BB's got the rush, man. And so, you know, as you're looking at this, you know, Cardell took uh, – LBs. Yeah, Cardell – I'm not taking the LBs. God. Cardell took Justin. You, are anymore. Yeah, you go back and you look at the Big Ten champion. Here's the thing. Like, you got to take what the defense gives you a little Thank bit. You. And, you know, Northwestern packed the back. They were going to get beat over the top. And so, Justin, you know, you got to mature. you got to understand, hey, it's tough to go broke when you're always making a profit. Take 10 yards. Take 8 yards. And then you'll be good. They weren't going to let you take the ball over the top, and they were going to get housed. They're smart. They knew they were at a de- deficit on the perimeter, and we're just going to make you kind of hit it underneath. And all these guys kind of talked about there was some different things. And, you know, here's the one thing. I was, I was battling back and forth when I'm looking at this. And you look at Clemson on the perimeter, and, you know, Mari Rogers, EJ Williams, these guys, these elite, some of the elite receivers they have. It's like, do you take the young corners? Are those the guys you want to focus on? But after watching the Big Ten Championship, a game where you, could, you couldn't really push the ball down the field, Justin gets his hand nicked up. I think the methodology for Ohio State and the way for them to win, sometimes, you know, your best, your best defense is being able to possess the football. I don't know if you want to get into a game where you're in the 40s. 30s, I'll take. High 20s, even better. But after watching how Ohio State was able to pound the football in Northwestern, I think that's going to have to be the way. So I'm taking the three interior offensive linemen. I'm taking Harry Miller, taking Josh Myers, I'm taking Wyatt Davis. Because I watched what happened when Clemson played Notre Dame 
and they didn't have Skalski in there. They were missing some of their guys up front. They were able to pound the football. Trey Sermon, I mean, he played great. You're not rushing for over 300 yards without a great performance up front. Like, that's not happening. I said no record. And so those guys right. have to be able to get pushed, to get pe- to get a, to penetrate the defense, climb up to Skowski, and make sure that they can create running lanes. And in doing that, if it cuts a possession or two off of what Clemson's able to have, that makes it a lot easier for those young defensive backs. That's going to make it easier for Justin Fields. You're able to control the clock, dominate the game, and there's nothing worse than being a defensive player and knowing when you line up and they run the ball. Like, they're getting four, five, six yards every time. You don't really have a good answer for it because they're not going to be able to come off of those guys on the outside. So if they can do that, as I looked at the Big Ten Championship game. I was encouraged by that because they had to win in a way that I haven't seen them do. And so I want to see those three guys inside dominate the line of scrimmage and control the game to be able to open up those holes for Trey Sermon. Yeah, when I talked about this earlier with Beanie and this, this kind of game plan I can envision for the, for the Buckeyes kind of similar to when we played a national championship game. We wasn't necessarily scared of Oregon's offense on the offensive side of the ball. Don't know what's going on on the defense side, but we knew we had to limit their possessions. They were scoring the fastest, and they were the most efficient offense at the time of that year. And our game plan was pound, 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 try to make the game as short as possible, but it just so happened that we beat them so bad physically, then those big shots downfield opened up. That's why Ezekiel Elliott ran for 200-plus on top of the way, I mean, the defense still stepped up and played that game, but... And my blocking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, and Jeff blocking, but it started with the guys up front, and we knew that uh, we had to limit them. I mean, who? How many games you would go into the offensive game plan? We say, hey, we got to limit their offense possessions. Yeah. Not because of their, not because of our defense, but their their big strike uh, ability on offense, and that's what they have. Hold on, wait. To clear the air, the defense was not scared of Oregon. We were scared. We were scared of that tempo. tempo ain't that's what we were scared. Yeah, that tempo <laughs> gets you, boy. Yeah, but once, you, once we figured in. out, you know, if you stop them on first down, you know, make them go backwards. There is no tempo. Yeah. We kind of figured it out early, and the rest is history. I think games like this too. There's, there's going to be one turnover on whether it's Clemson or Ohio State that's going to have a huge impact on the game. I mean, you you know, the red zone turnovers that happened in the Big Ten Championship game cannot happen, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I think you know, looking back on this, I would, you know, bet a good amount of money that there's going to be one turnover in that game that really swings it one way or the other in favor of one of the teams. It and always I think do. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, in our favor, but – you're going to have to see it play out. And, you know, there's usually one turnover that happens that it's, it's real hard to overcome. Yeah, I, I feel and like, honestly, it cycles back to kind of a little bit what I said earlier. The most prepared team, which I'm pretty sure we all have heard from Coach Mick too many times to count. <laughs> the most prepared team and the team with the best game plan that executes. You can have a phenomenal game plan. Yeah. But if, as, as players, if you don't execute it, you can your ass kicked. So. You also have to hope that uh, Brent Venables doesn't steal your game plan. No, I ain't worried about that. And starts you still, driving the signals in the second half. Man, you even gotta, with that, switch it up this your, game. Kahuna still, your Kahuna still got to drop, and you got to play nut to nut. I'm not going to lie to you. Stegel. Drop Stegel. your second. Grower versus shower. Grower yeah. versus shower. There you go. Also, okay. I think that'll be all right. All right, we got um, before we get to the picks, we still have to get to the buyer's auto question for Bobby, and it's going to be for all five of you guys. You brought this up, so. This is the reason that I picked it, because you already referenced the early field goals in the Sugar Bowl in 2014. Ohio State was able to bounce back from that. These guys roared to life. They won that game. We all know how it ended up. Didn't that feel did, good the whole time. Though. No, but it didn't happen the last time against Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. They had to settle for some – they had some empty 
you know, trips in the red zone. They kicked the field goals. They didn't finish some drives. In a game where they it was 16 to nothing and they could have easily been up 21 or 28, they physically dominated that first Damn, half. Austin. We know what happened. Sorry, baby. You can tune, tune out Sorry, this part. I still love you. All right, so the question for you and for you guys was how important in this particular game is it to start fast? It sounds like an obvious answer. You would always want to do that. But if you can't, you know, then what do you do? How, so the importance of starting in that first, first quarter. I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, having to go and score 21 points in the first quarter. But when you get in the red zone, you have to convert. And believe me, in 2015, I watched that game. You know, I'm sitting there in New Orleans, heavily overserved, <laughs> sitting in a suite with, yeah, I mean, this, I'm going to go there. I got a few stories sit, of sit, Bobby heavy, yeah, heavily well, overserved. Sitting, oh. sitting in a suite oh. with Kenny Chesney and a bunch I of people. Sitting in a suite with. Kenny Chesney, a bunch of Bama fans. Just so happened, his head of security is from went to Colonel White in Dayton no, Bank. Oh serious? yeah, so his, yeah. So we're all hanging out. We got like two That's or three why, people. White Everyone else was now. there, and so as I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is bad. This is bad. Like we're getting down there and not getting points. So you were nervous. Uh, yes. Hey. Yes. Because Colonel White boys and Jefferson boys. I wish you would. I wish you'd have been in the locker room. It's the same thing. Like when you get when you get opportunities against good teams, you have to take advantage of them. Oh, one hundred. And so that's when they get when Ohio State gets in the red zone. It can't be like I, I worked that game. It was the most painful experience of my life because I was working that game for ESPN. We're doing the coaches' fate, tape and drawing things up. And as I sit there, it's like, all right, uh, J.K. should have caught this. Okay, we should have had that play. And it's like you're winning at halftime, but you knew it should have been about 10 or 14 more points. When you get down there, you have to find a way to get scores. You have to find a way to get scores. Like, and so that is the big thing. I don't, it's not necessarily starting fast. If they have a three and out at the beginning, two, three and outs, that's fine. I don't want to see them drive to the five and then have three plays where there's two incompletions and a stuff on, you know, on a run. And then it's like we're kicking it. You've got to yeah. find a way to put it in the end zone because Trevor Lawrence and that offense for Clemson are too good. And you can hold them down for a long time and you can get turnovers, but don't let it come down to a situation where you're going to be looking back saying, I wish I would have had three, four, four more instead of just the three that I got. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where you have to put a complete game together from quarter one to quarter four, point A to point B, as Coach Meyer and Coach Mill like to say. Because when it come, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it's this. Like I said, talent-wise, everything is even. It's even, for the most part. It's very even. So, every quarter counts because every corner is a toss-up. Every corner is like any, any given Sunday, like Jamie Foxx. That's, 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 that is just what it is. So, oh. oh. Flag. That is amazing. <laughs> like Jamie Foxx sawing, sawing suburbans in half and throwing alligators in that the was, shower. That was <laughs> a Stephen Willie Beeman right there. Yeah, it was. But um, it's what it comes down to is they have to show up every quarter, play in, play out, and they have to finish a whole game, which is a concern because they have not really had to put a complete game together yet this season. Yeah. Jeff. To get those tight ends involved Sorry, in the red zone, that's, I, you know, I've seen the big plays from Jeremy Ruckert in the passing game. We know how important they are in the blocking game. Like that, that seems like an easier solution, right, just to get that position involved and close out some drives with those guys? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it goes back to kind of the, you know, the coordinators. and there's, there's probably two or three matchups that Kevin, you know, Kevin is looking at that he's going to uh, you know, attack. And, you know, I would imagine that one of them is, you know, a tight end versus one of those safeties. And at some point in the game, 
they're going to have to capitalize on, on one of those matchups because it is a mismatch at the end of the day, especially in the red zone. Um, you know, it's going to be a mismatch. And, you know, like I you know, there's a couple matchups that they're going to have to look at. They're going to have to capitalize on play calling and execution by the players. And, you know, it's going to be the tight ends deep down there in the red zone. And, you know, and the, and the rest of the field, and, you know, I'd be lying if I was sitting up here saying I knew exactly what it was. You know what I'm saying? They don't pay me to do that. That's what, that's what they're paying those guys to do, right. you know? But there's, you know, two, three matchups where they're really honing in on those, and they're looking for those matchups throughout the course of the game, and they're going to try to, you know, execute on those and, and capitalize on them. And that's, uh, you know, whether it's tight ends down in the red zone or receivers out in the open field or, or backs on, on linebackers coming out, you know, of the backfield, one-on-one matchups there. There's going to be a couple of them that they need to, you know, uh, capitalize on. Yeah, well, just to piggyback on what Bobby said, I don't think it's as important to start fast to, as in uh, kind of controlling the time of possession and not coming up empty-handed on some of these possessions because, like we said before, Clemson got a really good quarterback, really good offense, and them guys got the potential to score touchdowns or let alone points every drive. So right. I think we come out and control the possession, uh, time of possession and don't leave empty-handed, then we should be in a good position to win again. All right, that was the buyer's auto question for the general. Appreciate that as always. Now it's the time. Silver bullet pick segment. There's only two games that really matter. I'm not sure how much uncertainty there's going to be picking either one. But in the uh, in the non-Rose Bowl being played in Dallas, Alabama, the number one seed, is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite mm, against I'm Notre Dame. taking it. Taking I'm the points. Taking it. Hammering it. Hammering the points. Oh, really? 12 what? is on, 12 is oh, on Alabama. When no, I said, hold on, hold on. You I'm not taking Hold on. No, no, when I said that last week, it was different. I seen Florida play and I seen Notre Dame play. I'm taking that 19 points. Are you crazy? I, I'm going against 12. Okay. What a shock to that. <laughs> I can't, I can't agree with the guy. I hear you. I don't like 19 40, points in a game like this. Honestly, I don't like 19 points in a game like this. 42-14. 42-14. 12 has Bama. He must be crazy. Tyvis has Notre Yes. Who you got? I ain't. I, I ain't. You know, I ain't it sounds I'm, like Jeff, I'm going with the Jeff points, might be sorry. leading with the Irish. I'm going to lead with the Irish. I'm going to go with the Irish. I don't, I don't like that many points. I, I've got like 45-20. I mean, I, Y'all <laughs> off the hook. This though. is not about to be Y'all off the hook now. This won't. Wow. You see, y'all haven't so, watched. Y'all let did y'all pay attention to the games this year? Yeah, I did. No way y'all could. Yeah, I did. Y'all but I, it, it's a disrespect thing. Like, hey, you, I'm not about to sit up. A disrespect. You think they about to just sit uh, there, go up and, there and to the to the, the chance to BB, go to who the you championship got? and just let hey, it blow it out? You know my motto. <laughs> Me personally, I have not paid enough attention to either team. But... <laughs> But, and I have not That's, been bad here yet. He has okay. been one of the best. He's been the Nostradamus. Special dark in my room. Uniforms. Don't go together. He got it. However, mint but green like. and chocolate and go. Yes. I'm going Notre Dame. All right. I'm with him. See? It's like me and Bobby <laughs> take this one. 19 and a half. That's a lot of points. Oh, you man. haven't seen Let's the Notre Dame secondary. Hey, I'm you have the Dame. You see the player of the year? You see the offensive player of the year? Yeah. He, I don't care. Oh, like that for sure. But I don't come care. On, I don't care. Like I don't that. care. Amari Cooper was like that too. And he ain't had to go against these guys, y'all. Hey, you right. Listen, what, what you said. Hey, you. Think about this. Listen. The year that they won a Natty, you didn't have to go listen, against some guys. Wait a minute, you, though. Hey, wait listen. a minute, though. Listen, listen, listen. That when y'all stat, won it, what is hey, it? you showed up and showed out. I want to make a little bet on the side. Holla at me. I'll be over here. Oh, I got you. Oh, God, I sweat. No, let's be real, though. Like, Every week is a new week. It's different. Like, and you can attest to this. 
Your, t- your story is testimony. But wait, let me no tell you something. No right matter what now. it is, let me when tell you, you show right up, now. you gotta show out. And you <laughs> did it. Let me tell you something right you now. You did. Let me tell you something right now. Talk to me. Here you would. And then completely unbiased. Alabama been the most consistent team this whole year now. And Notre Dame has I take I take that. And, I, and Notre Dame I take that. Notre Dame hasn't. I won't argue with you on that. Whooping. But hey, I tell you what. Any given Saturday, bro, you never know. I Austin, think who you got? The only problem with Alabama when they when they've been inconsistent is that you can score points on them. But it, but Notre Dame will not be able to throw the football in Alabama. Like Ole Miss no put up points, pants. Florida put up points. So that's you, because they have a great quarterback in wide. So who you taking? I'm taking Alabama God, to absolutely hey, Ty, take apart together, Notre Dame. Bro, hey, hey, we rocking so, together. Hey, I will Ty, be standing right be behind Cardale and I'll also have my wallet. Maybe I just want. I want to believe that Notre Dame yeah, is going to go back to the Notre Dame. We even Santa Claus. What's yeah? What's Santa Claus bringing for Christmas? <laughs> Coach, yeah. you can talk about Alabama in 2014. I'll show you the defensive backs that yeah. they were playing against yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. None of those dudes on Notre Dame so you know we're being near. too deep. We don't have to I'm look very far. So, you sit, right. so it ain't Listen. even going to be close. Right. No, no. Wow. You know what, though? That's what they said about the Buckeyes, too. You had first-round corners, <sighs> Tyvis. You, you got awesome six first-round corners in like the last five years. Ooh. These guys haven't had one in the top three rounds. They got I a, know what this is going to look <laughs> like. Tyvis, they got I'm a corner you. that's getting drafted to the MAC next year. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Transfer portal. I'm telling you. <laughs> to the MAC. Hey, Dan, <laughs> chill out, bro. Chill out, bro. I'm telling you. Chill out, man. This was a next game. Boy, I thought it was going to be a cake. Walk me and Cardell just leading the way with Alabama <laughs> blowing out. I like this. This got a little more spicy than I thought for the Silver Bullet pick segment. Okay, the only one that truly, truly matters. Clemson. Dabo Swinney, seven and a half point favorite. Friday night in the Sugar Bowl. Buckeyes looking to make some history like you three did down there uh, five years ago now. What do we got? OSU, Buckeyes do it all. OSU by six. Hey, took my answer, boy. 31-27 Ohio State. Two picks for the win. I like that. Um, uh, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to keep it closer than six. I'm going to keep it. Uh, I'm going to say 34-31. 28-24 Buckeyes. Marcus Hooker pick at the end. <laughs> Run it out. Well, so won't that make it 35-24? Yeah. <sighs> okay, we'll go with that. He ain't going to score. That's right. The That's right. You said it was going to get called back. Don't make me change your score. Yeah. What I say? What was my answer? 28-24. BB, who you got? Come back to me. I'm trying to get my number. You the last one. Yeah. You don't want to say everybody win. Bobby didn't go? He needs a calculator. <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds. Hey, 30 I barely passed 1075. Uh, Shut it off. I got to be in it, but I, I don't ask you me how I got how many points to I'm going to go Ohio State. I'm going to go... 21 34. Wait. 21 34. No, no, no. 34 21. 34 21. Ohio State. Right? I like that. That's 13. I feel yes. good about that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. I take that. 34 28 Buckeyes. Let's make it a clean sweep. That's 6 6 and 0. Oh, six you know what? I pray that Notre Dame lose by 3. I, I pray they do. <laughs> I pray. Because I, I need to come in here and just talk to him. I don't know who you Hey, God going to get you crazy for praying for it. That's the problem. You better quit. What we need is Ohio State to win quit. one more so that this is not the last weekend kickoff of the year. How about that? Keep the Buckeyes. They play Friday night in the Sugar Bowl. Can't wait uh, to get down there to New Orleans. Uh, it's going to be a great New Year's Day. Let's get rid of 2020 and get the Buckeyes started off on the right note. Be happy to cover that. Appreciate the guys, as always. Jeff Hireman coming down for the first time. Cardale Jones. Tyvis Powell, B.B. Landers, 
and Bobby Carpenter. I am just Austin Ward. Thanks so much for joining us for weekend kickoff all year. That's been brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. And stay around for full coverage at LettermanRow.com with the Buckeyes.